0: Welcome to the Coaches Show presented by Victus Health. Science you can trust, relief you can feel. The official training room sponsor of the Tucson Sugar Skulls. Episode 3 of the Coaches Show. I'm Brandon Ensign and here on the Coaches Show we talk Tucson Sugar Skulls. We're going to get into the I-10 Tussle 5 that happened this past week up in Phoenix. It was the Arizona Rattlers home opener. Sugar Skulls, Rattlers. The NBA playoffs taking place, there's a lot of excitement brimming with the Phoenix Suns going on in that building, and it kind of carried over. And the game was nationally televised on the stadium network. It was a tough one for the Sugar Skulls in the end. They ended up losing 44-34 to 34 to the Rattlers uh, after falling behind early. They were down 17 points twice in the game in the first half. It was a 10-point game at halftime. They came back actually late in the third quarter to take the lead. 34 to 30 over the Rattlers, but they could not finish the job Unfortunately, Daryl Monroe and Drew Powell found their way into the end zone in the fourth quarter And the Rattlers were able to hold the Sugar Skulls scoreless in that final quarter and come away with the ten-point victory There were some good things to take away from it though Sugar Skulls quarterback Demry Croft was responsible for four touchdowns on the day He had three through the air and one on the ground He turned the ball over just once, and it was a costly one late in the game on their final drive as they were trying to go down and put it in the end zone. They would have had to kick a non-side kick to get the ball back, though, so it was was kind of a stretch at that point to think they were going to come back and win, but Croft threw an interception to Dylan Winfrey, and that pretty much sealed the game. But otherwise, Croft had a pretty efficient day. I mean, it was rough early on. Ricky Wyatt Jr. had a safety after the Rattlers went up 7-0. Wyatt's safety brought the game to 9-0 early right out of the gate. The Rattlers were up uh, 9-0 there, and then it ended up being 16-0. So they really jumped out to a big lead on us at first, but Croft and uh, Dixie Wooten were able to withstand the punches that the Rattlers threw at them. Uh, Unfortunately, in the end, just didn't get it done. Had a little bit too many holes that allowed Drew Powell to kind of run wild. Powell had a big day. Of course, the 2018 IFL MVP as Dixie Wooten's quarterback with the Iowa Barnstormers. He had a 13-yard touchdown run early that kind of set the tone for the Rattlers for the rest of the day, put the Sugar Skulls in a hole. And he ended up on the day passing for a touchdown and running for three. So he kind of flipped the script with Croft throwing for three and rushing for one. Uh, Nevertheless, it was a great performance by Powell. As he's been known to do, the Sugar Skulls knew that Powell was going to be a lot to handle. And he was. And Daryl Monroe had only 15 yards on the ground, but those two touchdowns were big, especially the one that kind of sealed it there at the end in the fourth quarter. Uh, Dixie Wooten saw a lot of him in the 2018 season. Uh, Daryl Monroe had a great season that year for the Arizona Rattlers, and he was Offensive Player of the Year that year. Uh, Dixie Wooten and the Iowa Barnstormers faced him three times that season. And so maybe that had a little bit to do with him being held uh, under, under 20 yards in the game on Saturday. But... Like I said, he did find the end zone twice, and those were rough ones for the Skulls to bounce back from. Some more good things for the Skulls. Mike Jones found his way into the end zone twice, uh, once on a touchdown run and once on a touchdown catch. So Mike Jones, who's been shouldering the load pretty much exactly as he did in 2019 for the Sugar Skulls, is uh, doing it once again. They don't even have another running back on the roster. Mike Jones is just basically the bell cow down there, and he's uh, proved that he can handle it so far. But the question will be, as the season uh, kind of wears on, how is Mike Jones going to hold up? Are they going to need to bring somebody else in there? I talked to Dixie a little bit uh, in the past week, and and he kind of alluded to uh, some other guys being brought in. He said the same thing in his post-game press conference up in Phoenix. Uh, he didn't really specify what positions, but we kind of look at some of the areas where you know depth could be of benefit to the Sugar Skulls, maybe running back. Jones did play pretty much the whole season last year. He missed one game due to injury. Uh, midseason and then one game the second game of the year when he just didn't dress with two years kind of to come back from covid he's proven to be in shape so far and uh, it just remains to be seen how much he can shoulder the load but so far him and denver croft and that deep veteran wide receiver core has been able to show that uh, they can move the ball um, it would have been nice to get maybe a little bit more than 34 points but for croft to find the end zone four times, after a rough one against Iowa the week before, was kind of a welcome sight against a, a great team like the, the Arizona Rattlers and the defense they have over there. As we said, Croft threw three touchdowns on the day. He had one to Kent Shelby on a beautiful uh, 21-yard hitch and go. And to Eric Peterson, somebody who played with Dixie in Iowa a little bit uh, in 2019, he found the end zone as well on an 11-yard score. That was actually a big one mid-game to kind of get the Skulls back into it. So they're kind of spreading around all over to these guys. Ryan Ballantyne, who came into the game needing 49 yards to become the career leader in the indoor football league for receiving yards, came up a little short of that. So looking forward to the Massachusetts game. That's something that everybody can get excited about. But like I said, they're really uh, Dixie Wooten and Demry Croft pretty much spreading it around to everybody so far. Uh, the question remains to be seen, though, who's going to step up from that receiver core? Is it going to be Ballantine to have the kind of season that he did in 2019, the last time there was a full season with Dixie Wooten in the IFL, when he uh, had over 1,000 receiving yards and was a first-team all-league, had a career year? Is somebody like Ballantine going to step up like that as we continue to get further into the season? Or is it going to be like a guy like Kent Shelby who missed – Game three against Iowa and responded in a big way with that nice touchdown. And, and they also got Juju Augustine down there as well. So there's a lot of options for Demery Croft and Dixie Wooten to get the ball to as far as receivers go. But on the offensive line, we had some good things. There's been a lot of injuries. Cordell Brewster was out. Jeremy Schaumbrunner has been out since training camp with a broken arm. So... There's been a lot of uh, piecing things together on that offensive line. Brandon Haskin, another guy who's a Dixie Wooten veteran who was making his return to the Snake Pit as a 2019 Rattler. He wasn't able to dress up either. A guy that was new to the building in week three against Iowa, Isam Fashan, who basically uh, has a lot of experience, more so experience as an offensive lineman. He played uh, nose guard against Iowa. He stepped in for this uh, Rattlers game on the offensive line at left guard. And uh, played very well, and it was a welcome sight to see in addition to uh, the center play. Now, the center play was Uh, excellent and that's something that a lot of people didn't see coming because like I said we had Sean Bronner going into the season was expected to be the guy Cordell Brewster kind of took over and he wasn't available for this past game so it kind of fell to the next man up the next man up who ended up taking it was going to be on that offensive line from day one but he ended up getting hurt with a shoulder and that's Matt Burrell Matt Burrell played for Urban Meyer in uh, Ohio State for three years he was a great great recruit coming out of high school played for Meyer for three years and um, you really didn't know what to expect of him, especially with the shoulder coming into this season. But, boy, did he come through in a big way, Matt Burrell, on Saturday. He filled in at center uh, for Brewster, and he pretty much established the job for himself, basically. He asked me. There's there's tons tons, and tons of examples that you can look to throughout the game where he just manhandled the nose guard. Dylan Famatau for... The Arizona Rattlers, there was a couple plays where Matt Burrell just picked him up, basically, and, and bulldozed him back into the end zone. I saw one. He drove him back about 25 yards, and, you know, the, the field is short in the indoor football league, so that basically takes somebody all the way back into the end zone. Tons of pancake blocks. Matt Burrell really impressed me. He, he played like somebody who could be an all-league performer in this league as the season moves on so that's a welcome sight to see um it remains to be seen what else is going to happen with the offensive line going through the season and their health maybe uh to see if fashon sticks around like we said he you know has been known to play the offensive line more than the defensive line but one thing's for sure when we get brewster back here we're going to have matt burrell providing his shoulder uh holds up brandon haskin uh, we had a, another guy who's who's been a steady performer on that offensive line since everybody started dropping like flies, and uh, he hasn't had many issues, and he's been a guy that's been kind of unheralded, but that's Osaro Mele. And uh, Osaro, he's a guy that went to college in my home state of Connecticut, and uh, he's number 70. He's played all over. He's got uh, some time uh, at center so far this season. And uh, he played right guard on Saturday, but he's bounced all around that line. He's been a guy that people aren't really talking about. But the offensive line might not be in as bad shape as, uh, as it kind of looked after the first couple weeks with everything that's happened to them. So, you know, some promising things to look for on that offense to go with everything else uh, on defense the Tucson Sugar Skulls are in their second season as a franchise but they got an amazing pedigree as far as linebackers go because you look back to the 2019 season and there was a first team all IFL performer at linebacker and that was Zach Allen he retired after the 2019 season so far We got a guy from middle tennessee that's tt barber tt barber had a big day on saturday he had 12 tackles to lead the team he blocked a field goal right before halftime he's a guy to keep an eye on he's cracked the top 12 in the indoor football league in tackles he's got some big shoes to fill being that zach allen was the guy before him but uh, barbers played very well so far and that was a bright spot to see with all that drew powell kind of did to us on saturday It was good to see guys step up and have big days on that defense, give us something positive to look forward to like T.T. Barber. Another guy who was in double digits in tackles was a defensive back, and that's Delondo Boyd. It's a guy that we haven't talked about at all on the show, Delondo Boyd. He he spent some time with the Chicago Bears. He was a training camp invite, I believe, in 2018, and uh, he had 10 tackles. He was all over the field. That was nice to see. He's kind of a guy that can play everywhere on that uh, defensive backfield. They call him the Jack Boys, actually. I don't know if uh, anybody saw that. Video that was on the Sugar Skulls social media done by a a certain member of this podcast. The Jack Boys is the nickname that that uh, defensive secondary came up with. There's a lot of good players back there and the likes of Matt Elam, uh, Delondo Boyd, as I said. Corey Butler-Bird was back from injury on Saturday, the Birdman. Mike Minner leads the team in interceptions. Uh, Cam Gaddis, who is part of the, he kind of coined the phrase Jack Boys, but then only played one game because of the injury he suffered in Green Bay, he might be back for the playoffs. So the secondary really is a strength for the Sugar Skulls. And uh, they play very well. Braylon Evans is another guy who had four tackles who kind of joined the team after training camp. But um, they, they did pretty well with Jamal Miles and Jared Harrington, a couple really good receivers for the Arizona Rattlers. The Jack Boys didn't really jack the ball as much as their namesake would indicate on Saturday, but a lot of good things to look for on the defense. You know, anytime you hold a team like the Rattlers, an offense like that, 250 points in the Indoor Football League, you're doing a good job. Uh, Drew Powell, of course, you know he he found the end zone a few times, and you would like that to be at at a minimum. But there's a lot of good things to be said for that defense going forward. And I'm sure Dixie and Xavier Jackson are going to get that figured out going into the Massachusetts game. So moving on to some things around the indoor football league. The Frisco Fighters won again in Week 8. They beat the Massachusetts Pirates, who the Sugar Skulls are going to be welcoming to the Boneyard this coming Saturday. Frisco beat them 40-33. to 33. Jonathan Bain has been great so far this season for the, for the Frisco Fighters and Clint Dozell and Dan Rodabaugh down there in Frisco. But uh, they also have another guy, uh, Gerard Hurd, who can mix it up. Whereas Bain is a little bit more of a pocket passer. They got Gerard Hurd who can come in when uh, they have a little bit of a lead and kind of milk the clock because Hurd makes a lot of plays with his feet as well as his arm. He's a University of Texas Longhorns product. So Frisco has a a lot going for them right now. They're the only undefeated team, as I said, in uh, 4-0 in 2021. Some other things that happen around the league. Uh, Bismarck upset the Iowa Barnstormers 53-22, to which was a complete surprise. I mean, the Sugar Skulls had held the Barnstormers in check at least for about three quarters, held defending MVP Daquan Neal in check. But the Bismarck Bucks really did the job. They kind of took off right where the Sugar Skulls did in the third quarter of that Tucson home opener and uh, they held them under 25 points, which was amazing and, and pretty much something that I don't think a lot of people expected to see from that Bismarck team. It was really starting to make some noise. We're approaching the halfway mark of the season, at least for a lot of these teams that already played uh, a bunch of games to start the season, like Bismarck, like Green Bay, like Massachusetts. Bismarck, with the win over Iowa, improves to 4-3 and three on the 2021 season, and uh, you know, no doubt they're going to move up a little bit in that coach's poll after a decisive win in Iowa at home. So They're a team uh, to look out for a little bit. The Sugar Skulls actually welcomed the Bismarck Bucks to the Boneyard on July 24th, to be the second trip to the Boneyard for the Bucks. They actually played uh, in Tucson March 10th, 2019 for that very first uh, Sugar Skulls home opener. Ended up actually in a 62 to 42 Sugar Skulls victory. So they're actually Skulls are 2-0 all-time versus Bismarck. They beat them on the road up there in North Dakota on May 18th of 2019. So it'll be a pretty interesting game when they get together here on July 24th. So that's something to certainly watch out for. Duke City Gladiators also played in Week 8. The Gladiators, led by former NFL quarterback Nate Davis, put up 34 points in Prescott in Northern Arizona against the Wranglers. The Wranglers, of course, are an expansion team and uh, they're struggling a little bit they're winless so far to start the season they're 0-4 of course it doesn't help when your quarterback Verlon Reed got hurt as he did in the opener against the Arizona Rattlers they've been without him ever since and it showed they were only able to put up 17 points against Duke City lost the game 34-17 so Duke City with the win moves up to two and two and then we have another big game to talk about which was the spokane shock visiting the sioux falls storm lorenzo brown did not make the start for sioux falls tommy armstrong formerly of the nebraska danger and the university of nebraska he's got a lot of similar traits to lorenzo brown but uh, curtis riggs gave him the start and um it didn't work out spokane and billy back defense kind of held them in check and they beat him 50 to 32 Sioux Falls and Iowa both lost. They both lost their second games of the season. It dropped them to three and two each. And it moves them and it moves them to fourth and fifth in the standings respectively. But these were two teams, Sioux Falls and Iowa, who've traditionally been the class of the league. Uh, they both have terrific brands in the IFL and uh, they were both spent a lot of time at the top of the standings, at least to start this season. But with the way Frisco's playing, the Rattlers kinda rounding into shape as well. And then Spokane, with the victory over Sioux Falls, proven themselves. Sioux Falls and Iowa kind of slid down a little bit. We figured, talked to Dixie Wooten on the last coach's show, and he said that as we go on in the season, and this is something that happens in every league, uh, the teams are going to start to separate themselves. And uh, you figure Sioux Falls and Iowa were two teams that were going to separate themselves in a, an upward trending direction, but it didn't happen that way in Week 8. So it'll be some things to watch out for heading into Week 9. Uh, the only other game that was on the schedule in the ifl for week nine was green bay visiting the louisville extreme and this is kind of a big story to report from the louisville extreme they were of course an expansion team also they played the kfc yum center uh mark stout a guy that dixie wooten worked under in, in cedar rapids him and ryan ballantyne the ifl decided to terminate their membership for failure to meet and maintain league obligations so something of course that the league didn't want to have happen as they continued to expand they didn't want to see one of these teams in their first season not even be able to make it out of the season so it's pretty tough for the city of louisville and everybody involved with that extreme football team but the league's going to bounce back and they're already in talks to have some of these teams that were going to play the extreme going forward play themselves so we uh, kind of don't have a disparity in the standings at the end of the season but uh, that was a pretty big story uh, as we get into week nine We, of course, need to cover the Sugar Skulls home game coming up, which is against the number one defense in the IFL, and that's the Massachusetts Pirates. Massachusetts, a team, of course, that came from the National Arena League. They're owned by Jawad Yatim, who is another former quarterback, just like Dixie Wooten. And uh, he's, he's put a lot of energy and uh, done a lot of good things here in 2021. Your team likes to bring in guys from the NFL. He's assigned the likes of Martavis Bryant and and Terrence Williams and, and Martrell Spate on defense. And uh, he really likes to bring in those big-name guys who, you know, Terrence Williams has really played well for him this season. Alejandro Benefield, who in the second game of the year, he took over for Sean Brackett, who's quarterback. Sean Brackett was the 2018 National Arena League MVP. And uh, he's still with the team. He actually, he didn't dress in their previous game, the loss against Frisco last week. But uh, Benefield, Benefield's a lefty, Brackett's a righty. They're kind of leaning a little bit towards Benefield lately, especially after he, as I said, had that week two indoor football league offensive player of the week win Um, but Benefield had a you know nice day against Frisco 128 yards three touchdowns he will be making the start again in Tucson on Saturday Justin Stockton Texas Tech product at running back he's averaging four and a half yards per carry so far this season he missed his first game against Frisco so they they certainly missed him Terrence Williams was out for that game too so you wonder how the the pendulum would have swung if Stockton and Williams were able to play Maybe Frisco would have had that first loss of the season. But Terrence Williams, again, a former NFL guy for the Dallas Cowboys. Martavis Bryant kind of hasn't worked out with him. He only played one game. He was under contract with the CFL anyway, so you probably won't see him again this season. And uh, Thomas Owens. Thomas Owens is a guy. They call him T.O. He wears number 81. He's one of the best receivers in the indoor football league. He ain't even played in the NFL. But uh, the combination of having the guy at Benefield back there and then throwing it to T.O. and Terrence Williams, the NFL guy. They got a pretty dangerous offense down there in Massachusetts, and uh, the Sugar Skulls are going to have to be ready for them. The Sugar Skulls have shown... Uh, flashes on defense we talked a little bit earlier in the show today about uh, their defense but they're really gonna have to step it up and those jack boys are gonna have to play uh their best on defense like i said uh, the pirates are the number one defense in the indoor football league they got some guys on that d-line jd griggs uh deshaun downey tony johnson pretty good players who get after the quarterback and make things happen uh, santos ramirez on the back end uh there's a guy named khalid wooten who is also in their secondary, uh, no relation to Dixie Wooten. But Martrell Spate makes things go from the linebacker position. He was a uh, an all-SEC selection at Arkansas. I played in the NFL for Washington, Miami, Jacksonville. So he's kind of the leader of that defense. And then there's a guy, Chucky Williams, too. So they're just loaded on defense down there in Massachusetts. And they signed Josh Gable who is making his return to the Boneyard. Josh Gable was the kicker for Dixie Wooten in the 2018 United Bowl for the Iowa Barnstormers. Josh Gable came over to Tucson in their inaugural season and and filled in for the second half of the year. He's a guy who didn't play college football, but he's a, a soccer guy, and he's known for having a lot of trick shots on YouTube and stuff, kicking trick shot field goals. It'll be cool to see Josh Gable back in the arena He spent some time with the New England Patriots, too. I remember talking to him at practice in 2019. He was telling me stories from the 2017 camp that he attended with Bill Belichick and and the likes of uh, the New England Patriots. But they actually, after the 2019 season ended, they had some injuries in their kicking game in December. And I remember seeing that Josh Gable was brought back in. He didn't make make it into a game, but they did sign him. And that was exciting to see uh, on pardon the interruption on ESPN. Them talking about the Tucson Sugar Skulls and a guy that I was uh, very familiar with. So Josh Gable going to be back in the building, and that's going to be nice to see. Another thing that potentially is going to be nice to see is Ryan Ballantyne, who missed the mark last week. He needed 49 yards, as I said earlier in the show, to break that all-time uh, career receiving yards mark for the Indoor Football League. He now just needs 36 yards to do it against Massachusetts, it's a pretty good bet that Ballantyne's going to be able to find 36 yards. I'm sure it's going to be a pretty big moment if and when Ballantyne does break the record. But a uh, little bit of backstory on Ballantyne. He's played with Dixie Wooten. Dixie Wooten has been around the Indoor Football League a lot in the past 10 years. Ryan Ballantine and him are very close. They've actually been together in four different stops in the Indoor Football League. First with Bemidji in Minnesota with the Axemen, which was Dixie Wooten's second uh, head coaching gig in the IFL. Uh, and then Ballantyne followed him over to Cedar Rapids when Dixie was the offensive coordinator for Mark Stout in 2016. Kind of had a career renaissance, which led, both of them did really, to the uh, Iowa job for Dixie Wooten in 2017. He brought Ballantyne with him. Three great seasons in Iowa, including in, uh, a United Bowl championship and a United Bowl MVP and uh, first team, all IFL honors in 2019 for Ballantyne he's just had a storied career and it'll be nice to see that culminate potentially on Saturday with a with a win And 36 yards, which would make him the all-time leader in the Indoor Football League in receiving yards. So keep an eye out on that. It's going to be a nationally televised game again due to the fact that the extreme were supposed to be in the IFL Game of the Week this week on Stadium. But for the second week in a row, the Sugar Skulls are going to be in the national spotlight. The game starts at 6 p.m. Remember to tune in on Stadium. WatchStadium.com. Or if you're in Tucson, if you want to make the trip, come on down to the Boneyard, the Tucson Arena. Uh, the mask mandate has been lifted. So we've had some major landmark announcements, attendance related, in the past month with the 100% capacity being allowed for the Sugar Skulls games. But now the mask mandate has been lifted. And um, anybody who is not vaccinated is still asked to wear a mask. But uh, it's recommended still to wear a mask. But you do not have to any longer as long as you are vaccinated down there at the boneyard so keep that in mind call 520-573-3000 or go to tucson to get your tickets for this game Again, saturday june 19th the massachusetts pirates visit the boneyard for the second home game of the season for the sugar skulls skulls trying to claw their way back to 500 they're now sitting at one and three after the loss last week to the rattlers but we'll be back next week with the coaches show with dixie wooten presented by Victus, science you can trust, relief you can feel. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll see everybody down at the Boneyard, or be sure to tune in again on Stadium. Thanks for listening, and let's go Sugar Skulls.